I'm Cleo. I'm James. And I'm Justin. And we are going to be walking you guys through, talking out some uh, books, movies, and games. That's what this podcast is all about, hence read, watch, play, if that's not obvious. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about All Involved, which is a really, really fun book. You'll understand that once you start talking about it. That's sarcastic. All right, so let's just, like, jump right in. First thoughts, guys. Well, first we should probably mention the author, who is um, Ryan Gaddis, I believe is how you pronounce that. Yeah. I'd go with that. That sounded really confident. (laughs) If you say it with confidence, it's true. Yeah, I mean, that's true of everything. Yeah, that's pretty much my one rule in life. (laughs) So, um, full disclosure here, I have not finished this book. And I feel really bad about it, because I finished everything else, um, and it's kind of, like, partly because I I did start it late, but it's also partly because it was so, like, uh, violent and visceral, and I have, like, a really hard time, like, digesting that sort of stuff. Um, it was, like, really, really hard to read. Did you guys feel that? I, I don't have a problem with that kind of content, uh, like, in general, but especially, so this book is written from a a first-person perspective of a rotating cast of characters. So every new chapter comes from a different point of view. And you don't necessarily know that going in unless you scout, like, the the table of contents and that stuff. So, you know, I jumped into this book without really knowing exactly how it was going to go. And I'm reading this first chapter, and, you know, you're you're following this guy, and and you're just, you know, you, it it feels, when you're reading this thing in first person, you really, like, jump into the shoes of the character, and, and I do that almost immediately. And so, you know, we're walking down the street, and then you can tell it's about, it's immediately going to go wrong. Runs into, you know, a group, uh, it gets, I guess, pretty much blindsided by, like, four or five, like, members of his siblings opposing gang, because this guy is completely uninvolved with the gang culture. And you get to the end of the first chapter, and the first character you're riding along with is already dead. And it's, it, like, completely blindsided me. It was so thoroughly unexpected. Really up until the last, maybe, two pages of the chapter, I was really expecting him to, like, just maybe be beaten within an inch of his life or, or, or everything. And so to be reading a chapter in first person and to, to really, like, let yourself go into that character and then suddenly that, like, that character's just dead. Mm-hmm. It kind of, I mean, that hit me and I definitely put the book down for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't describe that experience though as like suddenly because it definitely happens over the course of like well, yeah, twenty to thirty pages, of yeah. which all of it is just completely gross descriptions of you know cheeks getting beaten in and skin getting dragged off your back and like oh it's just like it was so it's so difficult you know to read that stuff it's, it's like harder than watching a movie where somebody you know is murdered because when you're watching a movie, you can almost kind of, like, you know, take yourself away from it. But when you're reading it, it's just, like, oh, you, you feel it happening so hard. <laughs> I, I listen to the audiobook, because I generally listen to audiobooks as if they're available. And I liked it, actually, because there was a cast of about maybe, like, five or six actors um, reading for the different characters. And 
Yeah, but when it's an audiobook, again, it's like you can't really skip ahead. You can't like look away for a little bit. You hear the descriptions. Like it's basically like someone talking in your ear and describing this very violent event happening. And like generally, I I mean, we all consume a lot of very violent media. I feel like generally, um, I think most people in the Western world are very used to that now. Yeah. But and so I have a I don't know fairly high tolerance for it, and which I don't necessarily think is a good thing. Um, but I can stomach a lot, generally speaking. But this I definitely found a little bit harder to. I mean, just like the descriptions of the violence were very, very graphic and detailed, to the point where I felt a little bit sometimes as if I were. It was kind of like a snuff film effect where I felt like mm-hmm. I, this is being described to me in a way where I feel like I'm supposed to get some kind of. I mean, I don't want to say like satisfaction from it, but it felt like it was a little bit over the top. Like it wasn't necessarily 100% needed. Right. Um, Like I understood how horrible things were without hearing exactly every like fracture of a bone. And like bone things are especially gross, right? Like the descriptions of bones cracking were very vivid in particular. I I actually specifically remember when... um, Ernesto's sister like sees his body and she describes the tooth as being like turned around the whole way that that messed me up that messed me up <laughs> there so there bad. are a lot of dental descriptions <laughs> yeah. in this and I already have tooth problems like I'm, I fear the dentist already I don't I don't know James what were your initial thoughts on the book uh I, don't, I thought that first scene was a bit less unexpected I guess than than Justin did um I think it opens really strongly with this is someone who's kind of too good to last. Um, being not involved is, I, at least to me, that was the, this was someone who seemed to have goals and dreams too far outside of what would make an exciting book about LA during the, during the riots. Um, so I thought that was at least a bit more kind of setting up for, like, this is going to go bad. But I do agree with, like, the the degree to which it goes bad and the abruptness are intense. Um, it really kind of jumps up very, very quickly with that. In, in a way that I don't, I don't know you necessarily get otherwise. Um, but I do agree that the, certainly the first person element of it is, is weird. And that's something that I think actually comes up a lot throughout the book is just the idea of really using that first person narrative across, you know, a couple dozen different characters, um, really to good effect. Yeah. It was also, it was first person, but it was also present tense, wasn't it? I can't remember now. Suddenly, I think because so. well, it yeah. seemed very all very immediate, so I'm remembering it as being present tense. But in yeah, that kind of like I'm telling a story way, tense. like yeah. and so I go to the store and then I see you know so and so there, like that kind of like I'm just casually telling the story about something that happened to me. Um, it's almost like the first person narration and the present tense makes the reader all involved <laughs> in the story, eh? Did we mention that this takes place during 1992 and the Rodney King riots? (laughs) Okay, so we should probably set up what the plot is generally. So it it follows this kind of gang um, that's kind of 
tries to take advantage of this time of absolute chaos in Los Angeles in 1992, right? Uh, During the Rodney King riots where everything is just kind of, like the city is burning. The cover of the book is, in fact, Palm Trees on Fire, um, and an almost kind of like Apocalypse Now kind of image. Very much so. Uh, Very, like, reminiscent of Napalm. And these are very young characters, generally speaking, as well. Like, one of the main characters, a 16-year-old girl named Paya, or her her nickname, basically, is Payasa. Um, She's not technically, I think she calls, like, a soldier, like, a foot soldier. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not an official member, but she is involved to the extent that she's, like, hanging out with these guys. um, And then she even, you know, commits violence fairly early on in the book. Um, we won't. I think we're trying to stick to not spoiling too much within the first twenty minutes, right? And then after that, yeah. we'll just yeah. we'll we'll tell you when we're about to just talk about everything that happened. And yeah, so let's talk about the title of the book too, right? So all involved is a term that's used frequently in the book to mean that somebody is involved in the gang community. If you're all involved, you're a member of a gang. Um, if you're not a member of a gang, you're typically described as civilian. And I think it's like, it is, it is used really well because when you're reading this book, you are all involved. Like, I kind of said that jokingly earlier, but you really feel what it's like to be there. And as someone who has no memory of these riots, I was born in 1992, so, like, I have zero, like, personal memory of them. It was really interesting to me to kind of read this, and especially, you know, with all the stuff that's going on recently. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really disheartening and uh, emotional um, to kind of get a weird, like, first but second-hand experience of it was really moving. Yeah, they do an interesting job of trying to keep the balance of the characters between characters who are involved and those who aren't. Um, It does skew a lot more towards um, characters who are are involved, which surprised me because going into this, I had seen a lot of uh, comparisons to things like The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hindsight, I don't think uh, that was necessarily accurate. I think that that's kind of a, a bad comparison to go in expecting because um, it's 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 not that. But in a lot of ways, though, one of the big things though that surprised me was knowing what I did about it that it goes through a lot of different points of view. And one of the things that makes The Wire so cool, right, is that those points of view are on many different sides of these situations. Uh, whether it's, you know, police and gang members and union members and schools and journalists. Um, this was much more heavily skewed towards characters involved in gang activity, which was kind of a surprise, but it also made those few chapters when you did get out of that really kind of nice. I wish that there were some more of those. Um, I thought that was a nice perspective to give of that outside, but they always seemed so isolated. It Like you were taking a step away from what is otherwise actually a really interesting story, kind of like what you were saying earlier about this one gang that goes through much of the book um, with kind of nice... Every so often you get a, kind of like a flavor chapter that gives an outsider's perspective and you're know, talking about something that you saw happen in a previous chapter or um, building up to something that you will see in, in a future one. 
Yeah, see, I, that's what I liked about it so much was just that um, it all felt very natural. Like there was a the the flow between the different characters' perspectives that we were getting, um, like always made a lot of sense. Right. So even the characters that that were outside of the sphere of the gang, like they were not in the gang, they were not in you know any other gang in the area, nothing. Like they were completely unconnected in that sense, but there was something that tied them to events, or there was something that tied them to those people. Yeah. Um, and the ways that they would similarly jump around in time, right? Like you'll get you'll you'll get a chapter being told by by one character, and then. Uh, the next chapter is a character that they interacted with, but it starts, you know, a couple hours beforehand, and that entire chapter leads up to, like, that interaction, and then kind of moves on from there to something else. And I sure, think sure. just a lot of that stuff is done really well. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I appreciated the fact that there were few of those, because it made them mo- almost more important. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed... Some of the, like, the... And it's the funny thing, it's called, like, there's the all-involved people, and there's the kind of, like, not... No one's, like, fully not involved, right? The kind of idea here is that no one's fully safe. If you're touching this community, it's, like, during this time. None of... You never feel like, oh, this character is safe. Because people are kind of dying all around. And the first chapter starts off with a death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that kind of sets the tone of, like, even if you're not technically all-involved, if you're, you know, at all connected to this group of people you're not like in a safe zone um and having like there were and there were chapters um from the perspective of people who weren't all involved that i did enjoy but there was like there was one i felt in particular in the well not to go into spoiler but there were a couple where i kind of felt it was a little bit too disconnected um where i wasn't sure why we were spending so much time kind of following specifically with the firemen um anthony i believe was his name yeah yeah um where i was i just wasn't really sure how it was related entirely to the rest of the story and that was one thing when you're changing uh, perspective with each chapter you have to really like for the chapters where you suddenly jump to a character we've heard a lot about already from the other characters then that felt like exciting because you're like okay i get to see this from this world through their eyes now but if it's someone who we haven't heard a whole lot about i'm kind of just like okay so who is this and there's a lot of characters there's a big cast and it's some hard sometimes hard to like keep track of everyone i felt um we're looking at 17, 16, 17, 16, yeah, 17. it's a lot yeah. of people. And then there, that's not even, that's just um, the characters who... No, those are two different two, ones. Yeah, yeah, so that's 17. Yeah, 17. so those are just characters also who you hear from, like, in the first person. That's not including, like, the other characters who are mentioned but don't get their perspective. Or... Right. Yeah. In that way, it's kind of like an Austin novel. Anytime there's, like, more than, like, five main characters, this is, like, a personal, like, Caroline fault. Like, I just cannot keep track. Like, even when I just started reading it, I kept having to go back to, like, the chapter title and reminding myself, like, who each person was. And then I, like, you know, everyone gets nicknames, too, so I kept having to flip back and be like, okay, who's who's this person? I just, like, oh, so hard. <laughs> I know, they all, have also, they all have, like, a million names in this. Right, but it's, like, it's such a massive event that, like, you kind of have to have that many characters, right? Like, I mean, I think it's justified, just, like, Sucks that I have such a shitty memory. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's even, like, kind of... I, I think that that was actually a, really a point, that it's this isn't really a book that's about the characters, though. It's a book that's about the event. Right. You know, it it's... Like, there is kind of a core story. And actually, I do uh, agree a lot with what Justin said earlier about the idea that it, it it is nice that a lot of these people are related because it 
does flow naturally and it goes from one event into the next, into the next, into the next. And it feels like you're getting this core story. But at the end of the day, that core story is very much kind of served up as very emblematic of what's going on across the city and that it is really kind of as much about the riots as a whole as as much as what's happening to this group of characters. Um, But yeah, so I think that that's absolutely the case, right? That it's, you do have this big cast of characters because it's about, it's about LA, not, not even like just South Central. It's very Shakespearean in that sense also where like, you have this big cast and then people just die and there's all this tragedy. Like no one's untouched by tragedy. No one, again, no one is safe. Um, everyone's dying by someone Even the good characters. Somebody takes some poison. Somebody else declares love for someone else. I don't know. I haven't finished this book, but I bet you it ends very Romeo and (laughs) Juliet-esque. The thing that I think about, or that I, I didn't really realize until I had like finished and, and actually really taken the time to reflect on it was that it starts on a very micro level, right? You you read the first your, your your first chapter happens, this this character dies who's who's like not involved and it sparks, you know, the the violence that you expect when these kinds of things happen and you you spend a decent chunk of time just following like first there's everything in relation to that event, and then you spend a, a chunk of time following the people directly connected to that event. And then the story, like, just very quickly grows and covers, like, a more macro sense of what's going on. You never, you're never, you never really in the riots, because that's the whole... Like, I mean, that's everything that Gaddis was trying to do, was, was tell the story of what's going on outside of the riots themselves. Um, but, like, when... You when you shift perspective into characters that are that get way outside of it, but are directly involved in in events that are happening. Like, I, I don't know some of the like the transition to the the firefighter for me, and I don't know if we've crossed the point into should we just yet. I mean, are we? Well, we're going to introduce next month's thing. We're going to make a, a distinct break between right, the two. That's a good point. We're right, still so trying to figure out our structure right now. So before, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I've hit the point where. I'm hindering myself to keep talking about the book without spoiling things. Yeah. Everybody else on the same page. Sounds yeah. Good. Before we wrap that up, um, does everyone have like a general just of what they thought of the book overall? Would you recommend it? Was it good? I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if reading about violence is is something that you that you can't do or can't get through, this book is more violent than than most, and it's it's very detailed in a in a visceral sense. It's it's easier to get through the same kind of violence when it's happening in like a even a fictional world or like violence and fantasy violence and sci-fi is kind of easier to stomach than violence in a in a like a real world setting especially recent times yeah um but beyond any kind of certain squeamishness i would wholeheartedly recommend it i don't know about you guys i would recommend the first 20% of the book <laughs> Um, the last 80% of which I will now learn after we hit our spoiler break. I'm not sure. I'm, but yeah, um, as someone who can't watch Hannibal because, you know, the violence upsets me so much, this book really, it did upset me. And I don't think I would have read it unless I was on this podcast. It is, you know, it'll, it'll shake you up. It really will.
Yeah, so I watch Hannibal, and I'm I'm okay watching Hannibal. Like that violence, for some reason, doesn't bother me as much. I mean, not bother. I mean, like I find it very effective, and like <laughs> I, it definitely makes me feel sick to my stomach. Um, but for some reason, the violence in this bothered me more. I think because I don't know why. I think it was because there's just so many people committing such violent acts, and it was a lot of people. And like I don't know. I had a hard time finding many likable characters in this. Um, and that's not always a necessary thing for a book. You don't always need to have likable characters as long as they're relatable, as long as you can identify with them and understand what they're doing and why they're doing it to a certain extent. But I'm still, I don't know, the jury's out for me still on this book. I have some issues with it. I did find it very engaging, but I don't know if the level of violence was absolutely necessary to get the point across. It did feel a little bit, like, porny to me. Yeah, I think that... I think that bringing up something like Hannibal is a good comparison because I think that this and Hannibal are violent in kind of two opposing ways, right? Like Hannibal shows very little violence. It's a lot right. of kind of displayed bodies and then just like gorgeous cooking scenes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like that are great because you have this sense of like it, you still have violence. You have knives, you have right. chopping, you have these things. But like the actual attacks are very rarely shown on yeah. screen. It's, it's gore, it's not violence. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas this is very much the opposite. This yeah. is The very, act of... Exactly. This is a lot of that very in-the-moment, kind of detailed, effective kind of attacks on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that to me, at least strikes me as like the yeah. big, the big they're difference. Just, they're just both such extremes, right? Oh, That's sure. the only reason. I'm not saying that... Oh, when yeah, when no. I was talking, I wasn't saying that they were you know, equal or or comparable because of the actual, like, violence. It's just that both of them are, like, I would say on the extremes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I can tolerate personally. And I think it's a great comparison and distinction to make, right? Because it, one of those, it's kind of like we were saying, like, one of those can be very affecting of someone and one maybe less so. Mm -hmm. And it's an important distinction to make because if you have a sense of this is how you do with violence, this can be very different than what you might be used to. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, I'm actually kind of with Cleo. I had some some mixed feelings. I definitely thought it was engaging. I thought it was interesting. Um, I thought it might have been... This is not an actual criticism of the book, but there are a lot of kind of other reviews are going around that are building it up, I think, to be something that's not quite what it is, Yeah, which is unfortunate. And that, again, not a criticism of the book itself, but I would say if you go into it expecting an interesting, lighter story... Not lighter, but it's not quite as... It's not always as thoughtful as I was led to believe it would be. It's very interesting, and there are cool things that happen and lots of stuff to think about. Um, they can also be very heavy-handed and very yeah. on the nose and very... I mean, I, we can talk about this, but there are chapters that feel like they're there to explain to you what the metaphors are yeah. in the book. Um, and things like that, which is kind of unfortunate because up until then, up until it's pointed out to you, it's really clear, like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this, and he's doing this thing, and this is really cool. And then he stops to take a break to have a character say, man, it's like this is a metaphor for that. And that just wrecks it. Yeah. Some, and, like, those moments feel very clumsy, and that was such a shame for me. Sometimes the characters have, like, they'll have, like, a great line which with, like, some great insight, but I felt like it was mixed up sometimes with these ones where it was a little bit too heavy-handed and it was too much like, this is what you're supposed to believe about this world. This is, like, what yeah. this book is really about. Like, yeah. Which is a shame, because otherwise, like, it gets it, it, there's a lot of really cool, thoughtful, interesting ideas. It's just kind of rough to see them handled. So, our overall reaction seems pretty mixed, but I I think what we can say is that it's a solid try to read it. Like, 
it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but it is engaging, and I think all of us took away something worthwhile from it. We Absolutely. might not necessarily like it or think it's the best thing ever made, but worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. I. It was definitely an engaging, exciting, interesting story. Cool. So now that that's done... Are we going um, into spoiler yeah. well, territory? Well, first, first, let's... Uh, we're going to announce what we're going to do for next month. So next month to read... What are we reading? I don't even remember. Uh, the Martian, yeah. yeah. Oh, we're yeah. The Martian. We're reading The Martian. So get started reading that if you would like to listen to the whole podcast, you know, spoiler-free. Um, we are watching Kingsman, which is the Matthew Vaughn movie starring Taron Egerton and Colin Firth. And we are playing... Majora's Mask. Yes, we're playing Majora's Mask on the 3DS. So that the remake, uh, re-release, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I'm pretty sure if you play it on the N64, if you have it, you'll be fine. (laughs) So those are three things. And now it's a big giant spoiler break. If you haven't finished the book, stop listening to the podcast. (laughs) We're going to spoil things. Unless, of course, you don't care about spoilers. That's true. Then by all means. If you're a heathen and you don't mind being spoiled for things, (laughs) continue listening. Actually, I think we gave a bunch of people plenty of reasons why maybe this wouldn't necessarily be the book for them if they want to know just what happens. Yeah. In this case, this actually works out pretty well. That's true. All right. So uh, I don't have any spoilers to share. So for this this part of the podcast, I think I'm just going to sit back and kind of prompt you guys. So um, ending of the book, let's start there and work backwards. Does that make sense to everyone? It makes sense well, to me. There's some... Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it is kind of hard to flip. Like, the book has an ending, but it doesn't really... It doesn't it have doesn't an end yeah, they, in yeah. like, a traditional sense. And also, like, it feels like the main story ends... Well before Yeah, well before ends. the end of the book. It yeah. doesn't have a traditional arc. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's like, you... It, it's kind of like a lot of vignettes in a way. Yeah, it's hard to... Sure. I mean, I would have to draw this for it to make sense, but it's like, you have... You have one character... You have one story arc that starts... It's, it's like, With tied Ernesto. off in the beginning, right? And then halfway through that arc carrying out, another arc starts, and then the first arc finishes while the second arc's still going, meanwhile a third arc starts, and it's just like this mm-hmm. kind of flowing mm-hmm. thing where there's a bunch of these like interconnected side Absolutely. stories <laughs> all happening at once. A yes. gory, violent yes, rainbow. Yes, riot, riot rainbow. That was really, really not appropriate, but forget it happened. Great band name is what it, it is. <laughs> Rock band four. There right, we we'll go. Set. All right, we're set. Um, one, one so talking about the like the non-involved people, there was like the one. Okay, what was his name? The the Korean uh, character who was Kim Byung Hoon. Oh, Byung Hoon. Right. Yeah. So so, yeah. so he. Oh, John right, Kim. He flies yeah. out, or uh, he comes out of. Is that is it Creeper? It's Creeper. Yeah. Uh, so. So Creeper's one of the gang members who's like a little well, kind of. He's on the he's, he's related like to a, them. He does like stuff. Yeah. Type guy. yeah. Like he, he he's not so they don't like him very much. Well he's a user and a he's a he's an arms dealer. Like he's the guy who gets them things. He got and, them, like, I mean he, he gets them guns almost whenever they need them, seems to be the implication. Yeah. Although in this in this case he just stole a couple guns from another guy. Yeah, and he's good at unlocking things, right? Wasn't yeah, that like apparently, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, not even, like crazy good. But he yeah. says like he says a lot of really like creepy stuff. He's not like he really does live up to his name. Yeah. Um I don't no one else none of the other characters seem to like him that much at all either. They just use him when they need him because like he's there. Um no one's like his friend really. 
Which is good because he's yeah he's super creepy. He does live up to his name. And you see, like he is one of the more interesting like so, like like single character arcs to me. Only because we hear all the secondhand information from him in the beginning, you know, flowing out of the opinions that that the different characters have of him and how he's just like a you know a kind of fucked up you know user who spends all of his time doing as many drugs as he can and and getting scraping money together to buy more drugs and and all that stuff, but. We you you know you learn throughout the course of his chapter that he only started using for the most part because he has a brain tumor and was dealing with such extreme headaches that he like the drugs were what were canceling out the pain because it's not like he was it's not like he found out about this it's not like he was getting any kind of medical attention he just knew he pain was happening the drugs fixed it so he just kept taking more and more drugs. Yeah. And his his arc kind of closes out with with him getting shot after going on a this ridiculous yeah he's burning like, the city like, down basically burning down as he's much of the city burning down Koreatown Korea Korea steals a like a truck full of liquor and just throws Molotov cocktails all throughout Koreatown in L A yeah. and you know he ends up in the hospital after getting like shot. Pretty much through the face, like, in the literally cheek, through the, like through in one cheek and out the other. Yeah, in one cheek what and out of the mouth. Deal with oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Only yeah. one. Yeah. It, it yeah. goes. One hole. It's like angled in such a way that it it goes through his cheek and then out his mouth and through the window of the like storefront that he's yeah. in front of. It's insane, but so and he's he accidentally it. shot. He, it was supposed to be a warning shot from this right. Korean kid who's like trying to. So that this was an interesting storyline that I felt should have been explored more. Like because I, I there were Koreans and I was like. I should probably explain. I'm half Korean. I know, like Cleo Davis is not a Korean-sounding name. I'm, I'm about to start saying stuff about Korean people, and if you don't think I'm Korean, it might be considered offensive. But they are my people, so it's okay. Um, so I was, it was particularly interesting to me because there's a lot of like something I'm really interested in is like Koreans relating to people of other races, especially non like white people, because there's a lot of tension between Koreans and like people of other minority groups. Um, which was explored to an extent in this chapter, but then I felt it was just kind of dropped, and I was looking forward to kind of seeing how it was dealt with more, because it's not something that I see come up a lot. Yeah, it's one of the things that felt like it was the start of a more significant arc, and instead just kind of, like, happened all in one chapter and sort of got brushed aside. Because it's super super interesting, because the deal is that there's basically this car full of Korean men who are have guns and no the like the, the police are basically ignoring the fact that all these Korean businesses are being attacked and like looted um and so they're going out there as basically vigilantes to try to protect these Korean-owned shops because the police aren't helping them um and so what happens is that uh John Kim right yeah so he's this high school student um who's vaguely connected I think to some of the other characters as well Everyone's so connected, I forget sometimes yeah, who I knows think, who. I think there's like an offhand. Very it's like, I know this girl like, from, yeah. yeah. X yeah. people or, or whatever. And so he tries to, there's, you know, Creeper is high and throwing Molotovs everywhere. And he's just kind of like totally lost it. Um, and so this character, John Kim, shoots what he hopes to be a, like a warning shot. So like, because I think that's what his father told him is like, all you need is a warning shot. They're not actually trying to like kill anybody, but you know, he's not super experienced with a gun and he shoots him through the face. And then the Koreans put him like in the trunk, the other Korean men put him in like the trunk of a car and take him to the hospital. Yeah. So they don't yeah. just like leave him there. Not right. Uh, not creeper. Kim, creeper. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, not John Kim, the creeper. For a Sorry. No. But which is important though, because I think that it does end with one of the better moments in the book, which is what and doubly made it so frustrating that you don't really come back to 
John Kim because Ed, that chapter ends with him being arrested for defending his property and doing these things that he's been told throughout the rest of the yeah. chapter. This is okay. This is okay. And the people who were attacking other people and hurting other people are largely being ignored by the police who would rather deal with the problem at hand. And it's that this kid who they assume isn't going to be much of a problem for them has an unregistered firearm as opposed to everyone else in the book who has a lot of unregistered firearms. Yeah, he's and, not arrested yeah. for shooting the guy. They don't know that he's shot the guy. Right. Uh, he's arrested because he's trying to flag down a fire truck because exactly. this store is burning down, but he has the gun in his hand still, um, and he's like he's forgotten that he has it, and so the police officers come over and like arrest him. And like the last part of that chapter is that he he just like feels really disgusted and he spits in the officer's face because he's like, These people don't care about us. Like and that's definitely a feeling the Korean community still has now. It's like no one like we have to defend our I f- well any minority group's gonna feel that to a certain extent. If like you feel like the system doesn't care about you, then you have to defend your own and you have to kind of like take care of each other. Like you're like a just like a giant family because you feel unprotected by others outside your group. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And I again, I wish that it kind of gone into that more. My yeah, feelings. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I also agree, having read the book, <laughs> I have completed the book. Can't you tell? <laughs> there, it's in the podcast there. So. <laughs> Caroline's input is finished. Um, I think we should talk about this anonymous chapter because that was a nice surprise. Not well, nice surprise. Not like yeah, not cheerful. That. It was like it was. It took me by surprise Everyone and was startling. Was cheerful, except yeah. except maybe parts of Freer's. Uh, yeah, Freer's chapter is kind of hopeful. That was a surprise. Yeah, except, um, but only at the end because the rest of it is the same. Like, yeah, this guy's not getting out of here. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like well, yeah. that, that. I mean, it's like a very I guess bait and switch, right? Like. You get the first chapter of the book, and you, and you maybe yeah. let yourself hope a little bit and hope right. that, that the rules aren't going to apply, and then your hopes sure. are crushed, yeah. Yeah. right? And then this chapter comes along, and you're like, oh, okay, this is clearly not going to work out for yeah. this guy. And there's a moment, there's like a clear moment where you're like, wow, this couldn't have gone any worse. Oh, there's like right? three the, the, of when he When he, uh, <laughs> yeah. when he trades the... Yeah. The, the, he trades, the, he trades the gun, right? For yeah, the he trades his gun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but we, can, we can cover that chapter more in depth. Yeah, yeah, we can, let's go back to the anonymous one, because that's... That surprised me. Well, also just the fact that, like, because we've known each character by, like, their real name, and then there are usually, like, two or three nicknames, and then we get this one chapter that's suddenly just anonymous. Yeah, that's, all we get is anonymous and then the date and time, which is, I mean, every chapter gives us a time reference, which is actually incredibly helpful. Yeah, following along. Very easy. Like, they're broken down in sections by day, but... At any given point, a chapter can jump to a different time in that day, so they'll they won't start after the previous one ended, or necessarily, or anything like that. It's, or even necessarily get, in the middle of the previous one. You can get to the, the second character in a day, and that'll start before the first one. Yeah, first time that happened, that was. I figured that at least the start times would be chronological. Right, and no, that yeah. was the the first cha- the first section. Right, you get yeah. you get Ernesto, and then you get that Lupe, and that sort of like closes yeah. out Ernesto's mini arc somewhat. Uh, yeah, like the first part of that. And then you jump all the way back to before exactly. even the before. riots had happened, I think. Or, like, right as they were starting. Like, I think as he's... I think, yeah, he's in the car as it's really starting to, yeah, kind of to really go off. But, 
But, so yeah, we make it to day five of the riots, and, and it just starts in, like, the middle of the night, or very early morning. Yeah, it was late at night, I yeah. think. Um, with this I anonymous think chapter, and, I mean, honestly, you guys probably remember it a hell of a lot better than I do. Well, it starts out, like, you don't know, like, this guy is basically explaining, like, I'm not going to be able to tell you really who I am in any great detail, like, um, but... They have, like, two carfuls. They have, like, 16 guys with them. They're working. They're not technically supposed to be doing what they're doing. They're working for the police or, like, the Coast Guard. They're not officially working. They're definitely supposed to be doing it. Yeah. But they're not officially, like, they're off the record, kind of. The order has come down. They're not, like, you know, going rogue or anything like that. Yeah. No, they have been assigned to do this thing where they're basically going to all these houses um, where they know, like, people have holed up. Either, like, they're... In the start... This chapter is, like, um, the characters... Most... A lot of the characters we've been following are in a, like, having a barbecue party in the backyard of one of their houses. And, um, like, these 16 armed men come and just, like, they don't shoot anyone, but they beat the shit out yeah. of... People who are involved, who aren't involved, they just... The man basically assumes, he's like, oh, I hear... There's... Because one of the... Um, Clever's girlfriend, yeah. Irene, who's a Thai woman, who is totally not involved, and she's, like, taking care of her mom, who has, like, lung cancer, um, and her father's been deported back to Thailand, right? And then, um, because he was working in, like, an auto shop that was doing something, and he didn't realize... Cars, yeah. yeah. Um, and these guys come in, they're like, okay, well, we did hear that there are, they do recruit female members, or they use, like, women in this... Uh, gang, so everyone is fair game. And they just, without, like, killing anyone, they, I think what they said is, like, we're, they're trying to break wrists, they're trying to break fingers, hands, toes, like, things that are gonna, like, slip, you know, ribs also, no, like... Realistically, they were trying to break everything. Everything yeah. without killing them, basically. Yeah, right. like, things that are gonna cause a lot of pain. Um, and, like, he goes up, there's a character named Big Fate. They all have, like, some of them have great nicknames, like Big Fate, and they talk a lot about how they get their nicknames. Yeah, that's a, yeah. a big chunk of Big Fate's chapters is how he got his nickname. Yeah. I loved most yeah. of that story. Um, but he gets his arm, he gets his, like, humorous broken in a real, again, another very descriptive, descriptive description I was about to say, <laughs> I don't, whatever, um, of his arm just cracking. Um, and, oh, God, still. Yeah. Again, the audiobook, Brutal. Brutal. You just listen to this, these people describing horrible injuries. At least there aren't sound effects in the audiobook. Oh, Your imagination provides. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's like when you're watching a movie, if, if something that, that something like this is happening on screen and you can't stand it, you can look away. Yeah. You yeah. can't turn off your mind's eye. It doesn't work that way. Like, yeah. you, can, you can skip ahead if you... Like, but you kind of have to... It's like... You don't know where to Fast skip to. Yeah. Movie, right? You have to like skip and check and skip and check. And it, it almost seems to defeat the purpose at that point, and you just kind of have to grin and bear it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the Irene, uh, Clever's girlfriend, gets her wrist broken, also even though she's done nothing. Right. Um, Which is doubly hard, because she's, she's like a nurse, Yeah, right? she's a nurse, yeah. so... <laughs> but yeah, the, the one who, who probably would have been patching everyone up and, and doing yeah. everything is... And hasn't been involved in any of this ever, hasn't sustained any kind of injury, has only ever tended to, uh, it's Clever's, right? Clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has, like, only ever tended to Clever and his injuries and the things that, that happened to him, like the scene where uh, he like, kind of crawls into her window in like, the previous chapter, right. the night before, and, and the time they spend together is, is like amazing in, in reflecting on this relationship and yeah. and those things, but 
to the fact that she's the one who takes, I think, the first injury. She's like the he, he second. Hits, no, like, she's the he third. Clever, right? He no, he gets um, big fate first. Okay, and then it's clever, and then I think she. I think then I think it's her. Yeah, she's she's. But also, she's she's not the nurse. Gloria is the nurse, and she's the massage person, yes, right? She's at she's, school for nursing. Oh, she's at school she? nursing. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember exactly because Gloria is another character who I really like. Yes, who's um, the nurse who initially attends to Ernesto's injuries? You know, when he's dying out in the first chapter, dying in the first chapter, um, and she. Like, she's definitely, like, she grew up with a lot of these people and kind of, like, in this, you know, with this crowd. But she is, like, and she's, like, wise now. Because her ex-husband is one of the, like, characters. Have they gotten married? I can't remember. Or ex, 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 the father of her child. Who is just, like, I cannot remember what character it is now. It's Momo. Is it Momo? Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's the thing. I should keep, like, I wish I had kept, like, a list of, like, like a family tree, almost, of just how everyone's connected. Yeah. Just because when you're, especially, like, with the audiobook, you can't flip back a few pages and see, like, who was what again, um, which is one of the downfalls of, you know, audiobook stuff. But, I don't know, did, were there any characters that you guys felt especially, like, you liked them a lot, or you especially, like, detested them? For me, I mean, I was able to, I don't know, this book had the effect on me of, of, like, immediately sort of, you know, going to bat for the first group of characters. So, like, despite the fact that, like, I know actively that they're, they're like, not very good people, right? The, it, ultimate, they're doing exactly what it takes in that neighborhood to survive, right? Like, there's no, there's no growing up as, uh, and I mean, the vast majority of these characters are Hispanic, and there's there's just no being Hispanic and living in this neighborhood in the early '90s and being a teenager and being in your early 20s and and not participating in this culture. Like Ernesto is the one of the only ones that we encounter in this entire book that isn't at least partially involved. But um, he is though through his family. Right, but I mean in the yeah. sense that yeah. um, he has a good, he never yeah. Like, right. participates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but everyone is like. Touching the community, yeah, it's not in a creepy way. Absolutely, yeah. The first, the first chapter is him like discussing like his plans for the future, like what job he wants to get. He's going to go to like, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly this car comes up, and it's. I started reading that line where he's like, "Joker, Joker, gotta remember that name." I know you think he's going to live because of that because he remembers the license plate number. He's like, "This is important. I know it's going to be important. I have to tell someone." But he doesn't live long enough to tell anyone because. And he basically what happens is he gets attacked. I mean, this is going to be a really graphic description, but he gets like, well, after getting beaten up, he gets attached to a car by like a chain or a rope, yeah. and they drive and they drag him down to like, he's, yeah. He's first stabbed several times, and the way they describe stabbing in the book, I thought was actually uh, a way that I've never you know heard it described before, and that it's like getting punched but softer, but it still takes your breath away. So like when the knife is coming out. Hmm. Your breath just like leaves, and like you can't feel like you get enough air in. And that was like such a really violent but great description of it. And then, so he stabbed a bunch of times. Then he like falls over onto the ground. He's beaten with a baseball bat, and that's when his cheek caves in. Yeah. And then he's tied. His feet are tied together with wire, and the wire's connected to the car. And he like tries to get the wire loose, but it cuts into his ankles, like, really hard, and then his body is dragged. And it's just, like, thing after thing after thing of just, yeah. like, 
just terrible, terrible violence. And then his body's left in an alley for, like, yeah. days because there's not enough ambulances or police because everyone, yeah. there's so many fires and ri- the rioting has gotten really right. bad, so, like, there's no one to come. Like, Gloria is the one who ends up having to call, like, a private ambulance company, I think, that she knows through yeah, the hospital. Yeah, her, like, whole, 200 like, and something dollars. Like, like, rainy yeah. day fund for, for, to, like, for to them, get out of yeah. the area, I think. Yeah. yeah. She wanted to get a TV. Oh, a TV. Oh, that's yeah. Right. Freer wanted her money so he could get out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I just, everybody who isn't directly involved seems to be trying to get out. Yeah. Which is just now what I've associated with everyone. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, this is. Well, well, I'm interested in, like, what the author, Ryan Gaddis, did to, like, research this, because he's, he's, like, a white guy from Colorado. He thanks um, a bunch of people at the end, but I, I think that a bunch of them he leaves anonymous, and he just says, and you tell everyone who, who didn't want to be named, and I, yeah. I'd imagine there'd be a lot of very <laughs> because interesting people on that list. I was, yeah, and I mean, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he was, like, so much of, of what happened that did get reported hmm. could sort of, you know, give him the breadcrumb trails, right? Like, yeah. you can go through public police reports of, yeah. of what was going on in the outlying neighborhoods and then sort of use those to pick up trails yeah. of the people who are still alive yeah i'm specifically interested in the research and like the very like gruesome details of violence like what is his google search history like yeah (laughs) what does the fbi have him flagged for yeah what happens when you take a baseball bat to a face like that's gotta be a weird google image how does how does a cheekbone shatter from blunt force impact what does it sound like what does it feel like like? what does it sound like god oh god Uh, and like like, I've written about violence, and, like, because I'm a writer, and I've definitely written about violence and had to do some weird searches online for stuff just because I'm, you know, not really familiar with sword fighting or anything like that. But nothing comparing to this. Mm-hmm. This is, like, a different world of, I don't know. <laughs> just... And I'm not, like, a super squeamish person. I am. I'm a pretty squeamish person. I'll go on record saying that. Like, I can't watch Saw. But, like, that's a lot of, it's a lot of, like, my thing is, like, sharp objects, so the, st- the stabbing, that's why I, like, really, like, connected to that part, because I was like, blah, stabbing. Um, I think there's actually very little of that throughout the rest of it. It's a lot of bone breaking. Like it, yeah. Most of the yeah. rest of it is A lot of very, face shattering. Well, that's the other thing, guns. too, right? So, yeah. like, my thing is, my thing is sharp objects, and then my other thing is eyes. There's, like, a lot of, like, face violence, and mm-hmm. face violence is hard. It's hard because it's your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you know, you can get like stabbed in like the calf or something, and it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm just stabbed. You're stabbed in the face. Like that's your fucking face. There's <laughs> <laughs> no coming back from that. <laughs> oh god. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of like really two, even one of the firemen is like his face is caved in with a brick. Oh, yeah, or a cinder block. Rough. Like, a guy comes out... Well, see, that's what it was about that chapter that I really enjoyed, was that they... That was the one... It's it's an, it's basically another chapter that, that per, has to stand on its own, and it's very connected to a couple of events in the book. Like, I mean, everything else is connected to something else, at least tangentially, right? And, um... Because Gloria, the nurse, has a crush on this guy, and he has a crush right. on her also. Right, yeah. and he, he's also in the truck that almost runs down the Korean kid. Yeah. Uh, or someone else's. They're talking at the or, station. yeah. They're, oh, they're yeah, like, telling yeah, stories. Yeah, they're telling but, the story at the station. See, but in thing. that part, though, like, they tell most of the stories that happened before that. Like, he touches on just about everyone who's come before him just yeah. by, like, his interactions um, with the other emergency services. But it's the idea that, like, everything got, like, the... The way that everybody felt about any single, like, authority figure 
at this point in time, like cops, firefighters, it didn't matter who you were or what you did or what you were trying to do at that moment. Mm-hmm. You were the problem. And so despite the fact that they like, you know, rolled into this neighborhood to put out like two house fires, they needed like a national guard escort to make sure they had like exit routes and to cover them in case anything went wrong. And all of that's happening and they still end up in a situation where they get crowded by a bunch of the people from that neighborhood and get attacked and his like one of his friends on the on uh, like on that ladder just gets like obliterated by a cinder block. Yeah, yeah. It, that that description was maybe the worst for me job. because it talks about I have a jaw thing also anything I because I, I have a click I like TMJ my jaw click so I'm always very conscious of my jaw and then this describes like this guy's face being caved in his jaw it's unhinging yeah. from the side the, and you can see it through his no his eyeballs were not hanging out that was like the one thing that was not happening to him but like the other fire like Anthony is like trying to hold his jaw like back in his and face and he's also driving right? and he's, he's like, while driving, he's driving and he's like holding the, the towel uh, yeah. to keep this guy's like face in, in one piece yeah so let's all talk about our things. So Cleo's got jaw, <laughs> jaw and teeth, eye, and yeah. yeah, and bones breaking. I have an eye thing and a stabby thing. Do you guys have things? I I don't think there's a particular kind of violence that that hits me harder than anything else. At least not not that I can think of. Yeah, I think like I'm just kind of I feel like some stuff is kind of like obviously grosser than others, but it's mainly just because it's just like oh yeah, that's not supposed to be there. Right, <laughs> you know, like, but like, there's a very like well, visceral. That knife shouldn't be in my ribcage. Right, but like, it, it, even then, I'd imagine some of it just kind of comes down to just like what you see a lot, and just kind of like more generically violent. We see a lot of gunshots on TV. We yeah, see a yeah. lot of like right. yeah. stabbings generally. Although, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, like American media, right, is like as much violence with like as little blood as possible. Yeah. So, right. like, yeah, you do see a lot of like. Guns and knife wounds and stuff like that, but it's not ever like realistic, yeah. and it's not ever like incredibly graphic. Like right. it is graphic, and it is still like people dying and violence, but it's not as visceral. Yeah, yeah. It's it, many wounds are reduced to holding some part yeah. of your body. Yeah, right? you know. Oh it, God, wait, limping. This is yeah. like totally off topic. Anyone who's read All Involved, probably except for me and maybe Cleo, does not watch this show. But in Once Upon a Time, <laughs> people get shot all the time, and they just like don't bleed ever. I'm you like, can't show like, blood on ABC Family. Oh God, it pisses me off so much. Well, I'm people, like, at least, yeah. Some at least like you know put your hand over the wound and pretend that you're trying to like put pressure on it or yeah. something. But they just don't even do well, that. Pe- people also get their hearts ripped out. Yeah. And they're just like these lovely little glowy things. Yeah, sorry, it's sorry. Really, really <laughs> but shopping. while we're talking about crossover, <laughs> I do feel the need to mention my nightmare. Okay. So I be- I listen to audiobooks generally at night like as I'm kind of not like while I'm falling asleep because I want to pay attention but like right before I go to sleep um but this was like because this was so intense I just could not really do that a whole lot with this book but then the last few nights I've been trying to catch up and finish it off um so I have been listening at night but I've also been playing a lot of Bloodborne and the two things are very violent and that led to a weird like all-involved Bloodborne crossover nightmare where it was like these gangs in Yarnum like trying to like fight these Lovecraftian beasts it was really messed up. I don't know. I don't like recommend listening to this late at night. That's a bizarre dream. I've been really excited to hear about this ever since you mentioned it before we recorded. That's that's as bizarre as I expected. It was like, and I remember, like, I was part of, like, we were all trying to come together. It was, like, me and the other, like, I remember, like, Piasta was there, who was, like, the 16-year-old girl. 
and we're, like, trying to figure out how to tackle, like, the next boss or whatever, but all, all of us were, like, so unimpressive when it came to, like, battling these things that people kept leaving our group. <laughs> all right, so let's wrap up. Um, what are our final thoughts on this book? I have already given my final thoughts as the first 20 minutes that were spoiler-free <laughs> was literally all that I read. I apologize. I've let everyone down. But other final thoughts. Just before we get to, to final, final thoughts, are there any yeah. particular things in the book that you guys had thoughts on or wanted to address uh, that we haven't yet? Like, we've kind of gone piecemeal around it. We didn't really go in any kind of chronological order, and we talked about some things and glossed over others. And But is there is there something, anything that you... You know, had felt particularly strongly about. I guess. Um, I guess I I, I kind of had a couple. Um, one was mainly just uh, just like Ernesto through the book. I thought was like kind of progressively became like more and more frustrating, just because I mean he he dies at the beginning, but it there's a little while in there right where it feels like every other chapter someone's just like, man, my life was terrible, and then Ernesto was the guy who changed everything for me, and it. Like Gloria, and it was Gloria. Uh, Lil Creeper was in there. Termite um, mentions him. Termite does. Yeah, and uh, that's, yeah. I think Termite is the one that like they basically deifies him. Right, and I thought that that was almost the one. Like that was even though that was like simultaneously like jumping the shark. It it was so much, but it also was kind of the that felt like it made that felt like it gave a better conclusion to that than like every other person where it's just like. It, whenever there was something where it was just like, oh, like, someone showed me, like, a shred of kindness once, and that changed everything for me. And it was like, obviously it's Ernesto. James talks about how he gives him tacos out of his own paycheck. Same thing with Gloria, who gives it to, like, her and, like, her her aunt or her mom. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it that it started coming up with everyone. I, I don't know if that was to make, like, uh, kind of Freer's masterpiece at the end feel earned or something, but I, I I thought that that was kind of, like, a really nice way to close that out, even as, like, I was going, it was just, like, it was one thing after the other after the other that was just kind of piled on this one guy, to the point where everyone else feels like a much more real person. Like, you see a lot of different sides of people. I, I think uh, Big Fate is great for that, because up until Freer's chapter, he's very much this, like, big brother figure and, like, very helpful, and he's on your side and he's trying to keep these people together and you've got this image of him as like a provider. Yeah, it's like he's he's almost a lovable character in the confines of, of what's going on. Give him, like, yeah. You exactly. have a lot of respect for him and you see him as this like father figure and somebody who who like I don't know. I I, I was like like on Ernesto's side. I was in his, or Ernesto's I was on uh, Big Fate's side and like in his corner. Yeah. Like that whole time and until we get to yeah. Up until you get to that free, and I thought that was such a great turnaround. Yeah. I really like and suddenly he's just like off oh, crap, you guys, I gotta see Big Fate, like, this is gonna be the worst, this is so scary, and then you get there, and you're just like, oh my god, this is how, like, everyone else who's not in this gang sees him. Right. And it was a, I thought that was, like, really super well done, and, like, everyone else, you really kind of felt like there, it was way less black and white, a lot of people had, like, different sides to them, you know, other things that were pulling them in multiple directions, they were trying to be good but they had a hard time getting away from it. They just were, like, kind of a crazy, chaotic person and maybe didn't really understand what they were doing, um, which was the one thing where it felt kind of frustrating that Ernesto was just up on such a pedestal. Um, I mean, I guess, like, I, I don't know. I feel like you can be a conflicted person and still help everybody. 
Right. And it never really kind of came up. I mean, that was one of the things that was just kind of frustrating because I felt like everyone else, you have this really good job of him working with the characters and being like, oh, well, they have like these motivations and they're this, and it's not just like good or bad. And that otherwise, I thought the characterization was really one of the, the better parts. And then otherwise, you've got stuff like, um, like Lil Creeper's chapter versus like Anthony's where Lil Creeper's going around and he's on his route and he's using a lot of these like kind of firefighting terms, except he's going around setting everything on fire. Right. And then you've got Anthony who has to go and do so much more work. He's like, oh, I have to go this and this is all crazy. And the guy who's going setting fires, it's so easy and it's so much easier to destroy things. And then even like uh, Freer's chapter where he's doing a similar thing. He's driving around LA. He's looking for a place for his masterpiece, kind of this big one last thing. And that's all Lil Creeper's talking about. And the difference is that Freer wants to make this kind of gorgeous tribute to someone who died and little creeper just wants to set buildings on fire but you know you get kind of those things where like the characterization is like nice and different i thought that was one of the things that was really nice kind of all the way through which is what made ernesto's kind of frustrating for me because you never had that moment of here is this mirror to him here is this thing that pulled him in some other direction this was this this was that he was just like the best guy right he was the only completely like unflawed character. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And he was the oldest out of the three siblings. Cause it, it's yeah. Ernesto, Piazza, and then uh, Little Moscow, right? Yeah. Yes. I have to say, Little Moscow is very like horrible. Yeah. Like I, there is nothing likable about him. He's an awful person. And, and then he I dies also early on. Like, yeah. He he it, like he has this just this one chapter that's so thoroughly unconnected. Too much of the rest of the book, like it's it's very connected to the very beginning, um, but outside of that, it, it's just like it it doesn't hold a strong importance in, mm. in terms of the sway of the story. But it's just uh, his arc is so well done. Just well, everything it, about that, and it's the catalyst that sets everything off, right? Yeah. It's like it's him fighting with someone else at the club, and the other person like talks about like coming in. It was something just awful to Piazza, and he was just like he was kind of blowing it off until the guy like says, "No, you don't understand. I have your address. I know when you're not around. I'm going to come and do this." And then he leaves, and he goes, and he you know shoots up the guy, but he hurts other people. And that one event is why you know there's this tension between the two. Well, games. doesn't he go and yeah. like? Well, he goes to shoot sh- them, but he he, he, shoots the- he, hits, he sprays yeah. Right? yeah with like a submachine gun or something, and yeah. he hits the guy. Uh, who's involved in, like, a rival gang, but he kills the guy's girlfriend, who, outside of being his girlfriend, is completely uninvolved. And that was, like, yeah. the big... No, she or, wasn't. Wasn't the she whole was point that she was not involved? Because that, that was what they were making a big deal out of. Her parents didn't know that she wasn't uh, involved. Wait. Oh, that's right. It comes yeah. up very briefly in one of the other chapters. I think it's in Trouble's chapter, and he's just like... and But he also makes the good point, though. It's like, yeah, but just because she was involved doesn't mean that's not awful. Yeah, it you know, doesn't take away from. Yeah, that. and yeah. I, he does make that good point. I think that that is a really good point. But like, it you're you're right though that she was even then though kind of tangentially involved. It was much less than a lot of other yeah. people. Right. That array of siblings is very also because like we have Ernesto the Saint, we have yeah. Little Moscow who's like this chaotic evil almost, right? And then we have Piazza who is like she's just kind of like fiercely loyal. She's very yeah. loyal. She's like a huge. Like she's just like really tough. She has to be. She's like 16 years old. She's like learned that in this world she kind of has to act like one of the other guys in order to fit in. Um, And she's always kind of constantly wanting to make sure that everyone knows that she's strong like they are. And like she can't show any weakness or else they're going to be like, oh, you're just a girl. 
Because, like, remember, like, like she, she dresses up as a girl, and she, she sure not as like, but, you know, she has that moment early on where she has to dress up like she's going out to, like, a club, basically, mm. which is not her normal style. She describes herself, I think, as, like, a tomboy, basically. Okay. And she um, is going to try to get, like, these security tapes, and so she has to basically go undercover, pretend that she's not who she is, um, and dress, um, like... Her girlfriend does basically Lorraine. Lorraine? Yeah, I think so. Um, we can also not uh, glaze over the fact that Piazza is gay. Yeah, which is right. totally like I just like I don't know. I kind of loved that in the book that that just that that was there. Yeah, she's like yeah, and so she her relationship with Lorraine is really interesting. Um, I don't know. It's kind of messed up just because like she's not nice to her, um, and then she becomes interested in this other girl whose name is totally escaping me right now. Elena? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Elena. Because, I mean, the thing, that whole thing, it's right, they're, we don't get much of an insight into their relationship, like her and Lorraine as a couple. Um, Lorraine throws a bottle of nail polish at her at one point, I remember right, that. Right, well, so we <laughs> yeah. get the, all we get is, is uh, Lupe breaking up with Lorraine uh, to force her out of the area because she knows that Trouble's gang is coming down on them and she doesn't right. want her getting killed. Yeah. But she can't tell her any of that because if she does, she won't go anywhere, right? So yeah. she just breaks up with her as forcefully as she can, makes her as angry as she can so that she just so leaves get the and hell doesn't out. come yeah. back. And, and it's then, somebody else's chapter where he talks about that and he knows like what yeah. she's doing, but he doesn't like talk to her about it because right. he just like lets her deal with her own shit. And then, yeah, yeah. and then after the fight, she like... Like the other girl, she like calls the other girl. She comes over after they they've taken care of Joker, and like she just like pulls her into her room, and then they're like in there the rest of the night. And she's yeah. like, yeah. And then later on, she talks about like she's gonna try to right. She's gonna try to try to convert her convert to her. the other, to the other side. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any like final thoughts? We should do final thoughts. Final thoughts. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I like Piazza. She's tough broad but she's really young she has a very good she's like kind of she's kind of wise in a weird way where she like understands the world that she's living in she like understands her place in it and um i don't know i she was the most likable character for me um i i at this point i don't really want to talk about any particular chapter i i think the thing about this book that was really the most gratifying thing for me is just the way that it was told I haven't, you know, I, I mean, I've read a lot of things that are told in the first person, and I mean, it's not like this is anything, even doing it in this particular way isn't anything really new, but I just think that Gaddis did a very good job jumping from character to character and, and making these very clear cuts and sort of laying out this very complex, week-long timeline um, that it was very easy to lose the threads, but it was also kind of very easy to pick it back up quickly enough to still follow everything, and I just, I don't know, I was really engaged with this, I was able to, like, I mean, I, I wanted to keep reading pretty much all the time, because it was always, it was just very, it, it jumped very quickly from what needed to be told, or, like, between the things that needed to be told, and, and getting a new point of view in every single chapter sort of made it always fresh, in a way that a lot of books, like, you sort of settle into a certain amount of comfort with the cast of characters that you're following, because it, I mean, there, there's a main character and then side characters, so there's a main cast, right? Mm-hmm. But it's and when there's a main cast, it's usually being told in the third person or something like that. So, to be to do this and jump between all these characters in this like single cast, I don't know, is probably my favorite thing about the book. Yeah, 
I'd agree. I think like certainly in those in those respects, it really very much succeeds. It's an interesting story from beginning to end. The characters are interesting. Their characters are they play off each other in a really good way. It's and if you're coming in like focusing on that, that's all really great. It's it really is just unfortunate that when he tries to get at some of the bigger things, you get lines like Little Creeper's actual line was like, "Oh yeah, if that were a line in a book, you should underline it." It's like it's yeah. so oh, that was. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, like, I, I hate to sound like I'm down on it, but just it's, it'll be g- going so well, and then someone says that. It's like, oh, if this were a book, you should underline what I just said. <laughs> and that's like... That's where you just put, close the book, put your pen away. Yeah, exactly. And I see so, that you did underline in the things in this book. I you're, did. Uh, you're one of the people who writes in the margins. I, I took a bunch of notes. I want to be ready for this. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, like, I, I think that if you, it's... It's very interesting. The characters are interesting. They have interesting things going on with each other. They're well-written to mirror each other and have these things going on, and they interact in great ways, and the way that you jump between them is great. And they come together to tell a story that is interesting and engaging about kind of a city tearing itself apart and just burning itself to the ground. But um, I think, yeah, I think in those respects, it, it absolutely succeeds, and it's very good for that. All right. Cool. Cool. So that concludes our um, episode on All Involved. Uh, come back next month for The Martian, yeah. um, which should be coming out in mid-July. <laughs>